This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your Sunday 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. By God, it feels like an age since I've said those words. We are on to the long-awaited disc number 61 in the collection. This is The Doll of Satan from 1969. The review for that movie is coming up after the first break. Let's catch up with where we are. As anticipated back on Monday's episode, um, a new arrival in the McLeish household did arrive. My daughter was born on Wednesday, uh, the 15th of September. And so as a result, I took a couple of days off, as to be honest, is expected. Otherwise, my wife would have killed me. Um, And I've been kind of basking in the glow of being a dad for the second time and just enjoying all that baby shit that comes around. Not actual baby shit as in like dirty diapers and stuff like that but actual spending time being a dad and it's been kind of awesome. So this is me slowly easing myself into podcasting after a couple of days on the lamb. But I will be honest with you, a lot of the content you're going to be getting over the next Two weeks is pre-recorded and had been scheduled for during this week. So as a result of that, basically the next close to two weeks, there ain't going to be a day off of podcast under the stage. You're getting something pretty much every single day of the week now until I want to say the 1st of October. So yeah, do the math. Up to that first episode of Bazaween, which is a week on Friday you're going to get every single day there'll be an episode of Podcast Under the Stairs. That starts tomorrow with the return of the summer series. You're getting a double hitter in the final two years landing this week coming. So on Monday you'll get 2018 and then Friday 2019. The following week, so that's the week beginning the 27th, on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday taking you up to the 30th. Every single day you'll be getting a roundtable episode of four hours to close to seven hours worth of material depending on which episode drops. So yeah, that will conclude our summer series action and then the 1st of October you'll be getting the first instalment of Vaseline 2021. So that's the lineup there. In between there, you're going to be getting interviews with directors, screener reviews of movies that have just been released. Some stuff kind of recapping some of the screeners that I got from the Digital Fright Fest that I'm finally getting around to reviewing for all y'all out there. On the Tea Parts Collective, before the month is out, you'll be getting a little bit of where to begin with. You'll be getting a little instalment of Opera Omnia. I had hoped with all the will in the world to catch up 
with Opera Omnia this month, it looks like we are still going to have a slight hangover of being one episode behind, but in close proximity in October you'll be getting the next episode and then end of October we'll be fully caught up there. You'll also be getting some doing the nasty as well. So yeah, tons of content coming your way. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's pump the brakes and let's bask in the glory of the return to the 88 Films Italian collection after what, four, four, five months? We've been away from this because we basically caught up with the entire series as it stood. And um, yeah, it feels like an age since we did disc number 60. Disc number 60, well, was fun. But disc number 61 is The Doll of Satan. A movie that I knew like next to nothing about except of its kind of quasi-jallo status. And we're going to get into that. Um, and the best way to do that is take a break just now. So you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for the movie. When we return, we're doing disc number 61 in the Italian collection by 88 Films. The Doll of Satan from 1969. Coming right up right after this. Hello, this is The Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Innanzitutto, devo comunicarti che da stasera la cara Sol non potrà più occuparsi di te. Anzi, nessuno lo farà più. Questo significa che salvo complicazioni.
just heard the trailer for The Doll of Satan from 1969. This is disc number 61 in the Italian collection series from 88 films. Here is a blurb from the website. After her uncle dies unexpectedly, Elizabeth inherits his sprawling castle. The walls are crumbling, the electricity doesn't work and there's a fully equipped torture chamber in the cellar. But interior decorators is the least of her worries. A black glove killer haunts the halls at night and even worse, the tales she's been told about the castle's ghosts might not be stories after all. Part giallo, part modern dress gothic, the doll of Satan is a gloriously ripe slice of Italian horror, heady with atmosphere and steamy eroticism too. 88 films are very proud to present their rediscovered genre gem in the UK for the very first time. Special features on this release, and this release has been out less than a month, is a limited edition soft-touched O-card, a limited edition booklet featuring articles You Had Me at Giallo by Andrew Graves and Rustic Terror by Francesco Massacini. There's a fold-out poster, HD transfer in the original 166-1 aspect ratio, DTS HD ME 2.0 Italian soundtrack, newly translated English subtitles, an audio commentary by David Deval and Derek Bottolo, um, who I believe is a contact on my page, and we've traded conversation back and forward that this is the same guy. Um, and if so, I did check out your commentary and I dug it, but we're going to get to that in a second. My Life with Emma, an interview with actress Erna Schuller. Remembering Franco Potenza, an interview with the film historian Pierpaolo Di Sanctis. Emma and I, portrait by director, screenwriter Mancello Avalone. Avalon, maybe, potentially. A reversible cover art and the special features are region code B disc, so only playable for region B players. Audio DTS HD ME 2.0. Pictures HD 1080p 166.1. The runtime is 90 minutes approx. The language is English, subtitles, sorry, language is Italian, English is subtitles, certification is 15, and the year of release is 1969. So, like I say, this was a first time watch for me. I had not seen this one at all. In fact, I was not fully aware of it, but then when we got kind of halfway through the movie, parts started to make sense that I have read about this movie. Um, specifically, it's kind of quantifiable status as a giallo, which it certainly isn't, but I know why it's kind of lumped in there. And to be honest with you, it's about as giallo as something like All the Colours of the Dark, in fairness. So if we're doing 
that level of jowl then it kind of makes sense here although it is much more of a kind of gothic thriller I would say personally of course the inclusion of the black glove killer leans into that sort of jalo-esque genre classification but I really did struggle to say oh well this is a jalo um let's get into this one I suppose without going into the movie the first thing that is worthy of note and I'm surprised they don't mention it in the, the blurb here the alternative artwork on the poster and on the the O card appears to be the handiwork of one Graham Humphreys, the phenomenal UK-based artist. I would be putting that out front and centre because the album artwork in this one is the tits. Like, genuinely glorious to look at. It has all his classic work, covers all the big set pieces. The next thing to note is the original kind of artwork for this one is definitely something that you would assume to be a Jallo. Because um, not only is it a black glove killer, he's a hooded black glove killer. So, from that point of view, that makes sense. Um, this is a bit of a mixed bag, if I'm honest. Um, the biggest crime that Doll of Satan has is that it is kind of boring for the majority of its runtime. It's fairly uneventful. It does delve into degrees of kind of wink wink nudge nudge eroticism like so you get plenty of female flesh on display and a Lothario kind of appearing in visions to her but um, those scenes are few and far between and you can easily get about 35 to 40 minutes into this film with next to nothing of the supernatural really happening or next to nothing of the black glove killer really happening as well. And I think that's where some of the issues start to arise from this one because by the time the movie really starts to hit its stride which is about the 50 minute to the hour mark of the real the full reveal of the torture chamber and the actual ceremony that's going on and who is behind it I had already kind of pretty much checked out there wasn't enough here going on to drag me in now, that's not to say that it doesn't have its plus points in its cinematography but once again this is Italian cinema in the late 60s so we have great cinematography here. We have like beautiful stylish people doing beautiful stylish things. The soundtrack is absolutely bitching. And even the, the, the dialogue for the most part isn't cringy. It's surprisingly well held together. I think it's, it's issue here is on the storytelling. It takes too long to get somewhere and it really does feel like someone has wanted to make a kind of gothic horror movie or a gothic thriller. In the, in the classic Italian style, the kind of kind of post Mario Bava uh, wave of kind of gothic thrillers, and then Giallo started to become popular, which it was towards specifically towards the end of the sixties, right before Bird with a Crystal Plumage really solidifies its its legacy as one of the more important subgenres of Italian horror. But it kind of feels like that's been almost pieced together. Like this is this we need to add these elements in of this kind of black gloved assailant as a way to appeal to a bigger audience. And as a result of that, never do the two fully marry up. So it kind of feels like a, a kind of hodgepodge of two different styles of storytelling from the from the world of Italian cinema without necessarily fully feeling cohesive as a movie. The aforementioned earlier on all the Colours of the Dark is, is an example of how you do that. 
So it has all the kind of trippy, heady weird weirdness of kind of 70s counterculture with the the elements of giallo that you want with a bit of a kind of satanic bent in there as well, kind of cultish flung in. But all that weirdly fits together and it aids the movie. So the unfolding of those elements within the story makes sense. And as a result, it feels satisfying when you get to the end. The killer release is a bit dumb, but it feels satisfying when you get to the end. And the case of this one, it doesn't feel, it feels like part Jallo, part gothic horror. And that's exactly what it is. There are, I mean, let's put it this way. When your leading actress has the the full beams on, if you know what I mean, she's wearing some negligee that you can see right through it, and it is a cold room. You know what I'm saying? It is a cold room. I can dial my radio on those nips. That's how cold it is. And she's stunning to look at. She's a really good actress as well. I think that's where... I kind of feel like I want to get more invested, not because I can see them boobies, but, you know, I want to get more invested with it because I want to see where this is going. But it becomes a bit ludicrous. The ending is worth the price of admission. It gets surprisingly... Um, campy is maybe not the right word, but it feels apt. It gets surprisingly campy and over the top in a way which kind of justifies the price of admission, but the journey up to it is a bit of... A slog. Like I say, beautiful cinematography. Ain't much in the way go to speak about in this movie. We weren't really doing that here yet. Uh, we will be doing it like a couple of years from now. Every movie's got big fucking slasher gore. This is kind of before the time I was really committing to that in Italian cinema. Um, so that's not there, but a beautiful. I mean, the, the design of the sets is fucking astonishing. I would like to think they did it on set somewhere, like they actually got like a villa somewhere and, and shot those rooms, because it looks like a lot of time and consideration has been spent to capturing this kind of um, almost like it's not quite gothic, but it's a, it's kind of lush and vibrant sort of baroque gothic style very 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 nice to look at and it works for the movie for the most part and like i see there's plenty of characters here who are twiddling their non-existent moustaches uh, in a villainous way which kind of makes me laugh it kind of makes me smile and they try and set up at least one red herring in the movie which you can see right through because it's fucking paper thin you shoot peas through it that's how thin it is and it kind of plods along but the biggest issue is about 55 to 60 minutes of its hour and a half runtime ain't much happening in this movie it just kind of meanders through exotic rooms partially dressed women and was oh, that something ominous in the background who's this coming to me in my dreams at night that sort of level and it's not until the kind of quote-unquote satanist shit kicks in at the end that it really starts to find its stride it's not something I would definitely recommend as one of these ones that if you're really into your gel, you have to tick off. Even for completionists, I would say this one is on the fringes of what I would class personally as a Jello movie. But each to their own, one man's pile of shit, and I'm not saying this movie is, is another man's diamond in the rough. So I, I dare say there will be a kind of an audience out there of people that are interested to check it out. Like I mentioned earlier on, the commentary is kind of where this shines. Um, David and Derek work really well off each other and you get a ton of background on specifically Jalo genre, uh, but the kind of transitions in Italy 
uh, and their filmmaking and storytelling of the time. We play of tablet bits in here. I switched it on for five minutes at a time because this doesn't have any English language overdubbing. This is all Italian language. So I can have those subtitles on in the background without hearing the characters speak and listen to my commentary over the top in a way which wasn't distracting. Uh, the interview with Erna Schuller is also kind of great. Um, and also the remembering Franco Potenza as well. Really, really good. So the special features, a bit above what you would usually get in a disc like this from 88 Farms. And it's not one of their super duper collections that they've been releasing of late. Like um, things like So Sweet, So Perverse, got this fancy box set and all those other things that they're doing at the moment beyond disc number 61. So I get the feeling they know it's kind of trashy. They know it's kind of not on the same level as the other movies that got the super duper treatment. And that kind of makes sense for them. And I'm, once again, cool with that. I can tick this one off the list. It's not one I'll be rushing back to any time soon. I didn't hate it. Uh, I'd be loath to say that I loved it. I even really liked it. And as a result of that, I'm coming with a straight dim the middle 3 out of 5 for The Doll of Satan. We are going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love when we return. Well, do we even know what disc number 62 is yet? We'll find right out right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been your return to the italian collection by 88 films looking at disc number 61 which was of course the doll of satan from 1969 in three weeks time we will be of course returning to the italian collection because i've completely forgotten that a couple of these titles i've owned for close to a fucking year and that's how long we've had this kind of series put on hold anyway this number 62 is a movie called Witchcraft, a.k.a. La Casa 4, which makes me think there's been three other La Casa movies and probably none of them are related because that is Italian numbering logic. Anyway, this one has surprising casting choices that I can't wait to tell you about. Starring Exorcist Linda Blair and Knight Rider's David Hasselhoff, director Fabrizio Laurenti, who did Crawlers, brings you a creepy tale of terror, witchcraft and sacrifice. When pregnant Jane, played by Linda Blair, and her family visit a secluded island to check out a proposed real estate deal, things start to go wrong when they come across two trespassers. Supernatural expert Leslie and her boyfriend Gary, played by David Hasselhoff. Forced to spend the night in a dilapidated house, the group are soon plunged into a nightmare of death and destruction at the hands of a powerful and mysterious lady in black, played by Hildegard Kniff. La Casa slash witchery slash witchcraft is a carnage-fueled splatterfest, a rabid romp incorporating hauntings, possessions and unexpected twists and turns. An entertainingly rare find from video store Heyday of the Italian-made scary movies. It was a delight to fans of late 80s horror and a weird and wonderful necessity for a cult cult collector. Almost got there. Almost got there. God damn you, my damn Scottish tongue. Special features, well this is stacked. This one has a limited edition soft touch O-card. Now it is worth saying, according to the 88 Films website, this is now out of stock. Which means 
Well, I don't know. I don't think they have the limited edition one anymore unless you buy it in a shop. A limited edition collector's booklet featuring behind-the-scenes stills and an essay by Andrew Graves. An HD transfer in the original 166-1 aspect ratio. Optional English subtitles. DTS HD ME 2.0 soundtrack. A lighting witchcraft. An interview with cinematographer Giorenzo Battagalli. Uh, the music of witches. An interview with composer Carlo Maria Cordillo. The Witch Mirage, an interview with acclaimed director Luigi Cosi. Mirages and Witchcrafts, an interview with director Fabrizio Laurenti. The Sound of Witchcraft, an interview with sound technician Prio Parisi. Return to Witchcraft, Before and After. Locations then and now filmed by Fabrizio Laurenti. The Immigrant, a short film by director Fabrizio Laurenti. The original trailer, reversible sleeve, original trailer, reversible cover art. And the special features on this one are that it is region locked to region B, audio is DTS HD ME 2.0, picture is HD 1080p 166.1, the runtime is 1 hour and 35 minutes approximately, the language is English, subtitles English, certification 18, and the release date 1988. So that is where we're going in three weeks' time to disc number 62 in the collection. La Casa 4, a.k.a. Witchcraft. There's a multitude of ways that you can check out podcasts on those days. Wherever you're checking us out right now, hit subscribe. That way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Tea Putts content. Don't stop there. We have a sister feed called the Tea Putts Collective that has shows like Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty and a little bit of Chronicle. It has all their archives there and subscribing to both those feeds is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. You can find all the episodes for all the shows also on our website, tputzcast.com. There is a link there to a special show called Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts, a booze-based banter podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott Liam from Scott Liam vs. Evil. We get drunk. We talk about terrible life choices. We talk about weird news stories from around the world. And of course, we read out your listener emails on air taboot. Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on tputzcast.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast for the podcast under the stairs. Teaputz Collective is facebook.com forward slash tputzcast and Jaws is shite can be found at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a regrettable pod. Reach out and interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputzcast. The podcast under the stairs returns tomorrow for what will be close to two weeks of back-to-back daily episodes of the podcast under the stairs, starting tomorrow with the penultimate episode in our movie review summer series. This is 2018, another plethora of phenomenal guests coming your way then. So until then, whatever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.